welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod, and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast, so be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. I use she, they pronouns, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Cinderella. Hi, my name is Claire. My pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Crees. And welcome back to our after show or and our after show. We're going to be talking about just episode 10 today because we're actually all caught up. Yay, us. Um, we have been doing these uh, little after shows in chunks um, for the past few weeks now. Not this one, though. We'll be dedicating our whole hour to talking about this one episode. But there's a lot to say. There's a lot to say. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of conversations that can be had over this one. So get ready. I, it's going to be a positive episode, you guys. I promise. <laughs> As our Ender episodes have been. They've been right Because it's a good show. Right. Not simple Star Wars. Just make good content and we'll say good things about it. Like Exactly. <laughs> Where do we want to start today? I think it started with Kino and Cassian talking after what's-his-face, the old guy, Olaf, I think is his uh-huh. name, died. Um, and Cassian being like, okay, we need to kind of, like, go, like, tomorrow because they're going to be bringing in a new person. And that's going to be our best opportunity because they had the whole thing where they talked about, like, how the elevator, like, since it, like, they said that, like, any moving parts can't shock you. Um, so they know that like bringing in a new person is going to be their best opportunity and Cassian's trying to like convince Kino and then he eventually goes along with it and then they like tell the rest of their floor like shift that they're gonna be breaking out um I said last week that I was obsessed with Kino I still am literally obsessed with him um we talked about how good of an actor everyone is and like that's literally what all I've been seeing people talk about this week is like yeah everyone in the show deserves an Emmy award and I'm like yeah I I absolutely agree like it's been it's been clear from the start honestly but like this episode in particular I was like oh my god guys and like the the writing has been consistently amazing on this show obviously like that's a huge part of what makes it so good um but there were like lines in this episode that I genuinely was like had to pause the show and like rewind and listen to them again like it was literally so good um and we'll get into more specifics I'm sure but yeah just the same things we've been saying the writing the acting the design like everything is just so good so true I think that this episode like I love this arc this arc that's going on right now and like the themes and motifs that are being portrayed like through the characters and through the writing of the show because it's just like so obvious in what they're trying to do right I think that the show is doing a good job of saying like of showing exactly what it means without like having to spell it out but there's little room for interpretation you know um which is good which is a good thing uh as for as for Olaf rest in peace sir you did your part. Your name sounds like the snowman from Frozen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that scene, the end of the last episode where they were like, oh, there's 12 guards per floor. 
And then you think about it and you're like, oh my gosh, that is so little guards. And um, it was kind of just a like callback moment to uh, in our first little arc when Cassian was like, oh, if you just like pretend you belong because they literally cannot fathom the idea that they can't lose, you know? And um, like, I mean, you putting 12 guards on a floor of like 100 people. Okay. Right. Because they think that they are so powerful and that there's no way that they have the Empire and the Imperial agents at this prison specifically have such faith in their system of oppression that they cannot see a way that these criminals, quote unquote, are going to overthrow them. And I mean, their entire system uh the prison system is based in fear in striking fear in these inmates um but like the opposite of fear is hope and i think that's a really interesting concept because we we keep circling back to this idea of hope and what it means in this series versus what it means for the entire rebellion um and for star wars as a whole because it's it, it portrays itself in a lot of different forms in the series than we've seen before and I think that the the hope that they were that the uh, prison system was giving these prisoners is oh you'll get out one day and as soon as they were like oh there's no way out it didn't matter anymore they 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 were using hope as a tool of oppression and I thought that was really an interesting flip on what we have been given to so far given so far um by star wars yeah i completely agree and i think that's obviously a big part of like he knows character specifically because we talked about last week about how like even though he's like a prisoner he's also like the manager on their floor so he's like participating in the oppression of the other prisoners while also being one himself and i think a lot of that is because like his whole thing is like my my sentence is almost up i'm just gonna like do what I'm told and then I'll get out of here but then as soon as he learns that he's never actually getting out that's when he's like okay I'm gonna help you guys because like we're literally all just gonna be stuck here forever anyway um also there was a line in one of the early sections of dialogue between the two of them where Cassian says that like power doesn't panic um and I think it was Emily at, at Stardust M who was comparing that line to like Orson Krennic's character in Rogue One and basically because like all that like all that man does is panic like he's panicked that entire oh, no like yeah. he literally is never calm ever um <laughs> and basically like drawing a connection between him and that line and then like by extension of that like his confrontation with Jin at the end of Rogue One and I was like man it all goes back to Rogue One doesn't it um but I also just think that was a really good line because it's basically saying that like they they know they messed up. They literally had to kill an entire floor and like they can't afford to do that to every single floor. Like they need people to keep doing the work that is happening here. Um, and so they are kind of, they're gonna realize that they have to kind of like lock things down, like tighten up their security, all of that. 
but it's not instantaneous. And that's why Cassian is like, we need to go now because during the time that it takes for them to like process everything and get new guards in and like change around their system, that's the time when the they're the most vulnerable. And that's the, like what they take advantage of when they're going to form this escape plan. Should we go through the episode chronologically or should we just go through all the prison stuff first? That's what I was going to say. I was going to say we should do all the prison stuff and then we can talk about like Mon Mothma and then Luthan. And Luthan. Yeah, okay. Something about this episode that made me, this is literally a personal problem, um, that made me go, maybe I don't know how things work. Um, because remember like every time Cassian was scraping up that pipe to let all the water out, I was thinking in my head, I was like, why are you doing that? The whole ground is electrified and water conducts electricity. You're just going to make it worse. And then I literally didn't realize until after it happened that he was doing that to short circuit everything. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) I literally was like, this doesn't make any sense. Why are you trying to kill everybody? No. Sage, he was trying to ruin the anyways. See, my thought was that was that they were gonna get the water on the floor, all the prisoners on the tables, and then the guards, like, since it was wet and electrified, their boots wouldn't do anything about it, which oh I don't know if that would have even worked anyway, but I was like, oh, this is a good plan. And then it was not that, and it was (laughs) much smarter. And I was like, oh, this is why I'm not making the plans, clearly. This is why I'm never escaping prison. <laughs> there, I what I especially liked about this episode was the sense of community that these people had. Um, even though that they were set to work in their own team, but to pit, they were pitted against all of each other because the lowest group, the group who was less productive, eat, eat every single day, was shocked. Right, was punished. And still, that could have easily made the competition really poor between them and made their relationships awful. But instead, they were like, no, we need to work together and band together. And um, which is something that I think these people in this prison, the empire, the imperials in this prison did not count for. Um, Because obviously they're using tools like fear and pain and that's and those are two things that drive people apart, um, but can drive people together. And I think that they were they were thinking, oh, this is going to drive everyone apart. No, it didn't. It had the opposite effect, actually. Um, and so by the end, by the actual like escape that these prisoners were making, they were all helping each other out. In Kino's speech, he was like the person next to you. You need to get them out. Like if you're seeing someone struggle, you help them out. We're all getting out. There's one way out. And I was like, imagine like you're giving your speech to get everyone out and you are prioritizing compassion and care for your fellow people. Iconic, actually. Iconic. Um, also, the fact that he probably knew that he wasn't going to be able to get out anyway because like he literally can't swim and they know that everything is surrounded by water but he was still like we all need to help each other and like leading this effort knowing that like it might it probably wouldn't end with him getting out it'd probably end with him getting stuck behind and either executed or like we don't know what happened to him 
and like yeah like my second time watching it and listening to that speech I was like and he knew he wasn't even gonna get out anyway like it was literally crazy and yeah just the you know message of like helping people around you um and like and again it's like they could have just taken their floor and and gotten out and like left everyone else there but they were like no we're gonna shut down the whole facility we're gonna get everyone out because one like it's not just about us and like these people are in the same situation as us we got to help them but also whatever they're making here is obviously something that the empire needs and so the more people you can get out of there the harder it's going to be for them to make up that like deficit in production of whatever they're making which by the way i forget like one of the interviews tony gilroy just did where they were like the interviewer was like whatever they're making in there like it doesn't really matter does it like that's not the point and he was like no it it matters and I was like now I feel like an idiot because I every single episode I'm like what is that what are they making and I'm, I'm thinking well I was confused and then I was like maybe it's something for the Death Star I don't know I was looking at a Screen Rant article which is always a bad idea because Screen Rant sucks um sorry screen ran I guess but you're awful um but they literally one of the things was like oh they could be building parts for the Death Star but then another one of them was like they could be building parts for a TIE fighter and I was like shut up (laughs) it doesn't make any sense no yeah Uh, the Death Star is the thing that makes the most sense to me I just I'm like no like every time they're in there working I'm like squinting being like what is that what are we doing but yeah I think it would be really upsetting that Cassian is contributing to the thing that is killing him so that's probably what it is (laughs) so bad and yeah the Death Star is obviously their like big huge like engineering product at the time right but no I was I literally was reading that and I was like man I'm really not as smart as you think I am when it comes to like the technology of Star Wars like spaceships and stuff I'm like I don't I don't know anything. I really couldn't tell you. My knowledge is like droids and that's it. Like don't ask you about anything else. I'm like, if you want to know, want to know about the like politics of the early rebellion, I got you. Any of right. the rebellion leaders, like I am your person. If yeah. you have a question about a spaceship, mm-mm. it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> so glad to see people making it out though. I do wonder how many people actually made it out because we really just saw Cassian and one other guy, um, which is concerning. But how they're going to make it off planet, who knows? Not me. I will say that, like, I've been going into all these episodes, like, all the scenes in the prison being, like, at least Melshi has plot armor. Like, at least I don't have to worry about him. And then, like, when everyone was shooting at each other in this episode, I was like, no, get out of there. And then I was like, oh, you literally can't die. But I was still, like having a meltdown because I was like oh my god this is the most stressful one of my life um I do love I I think I talked already about how I love that he's in this show but I think that like because we know from Rogue One that him and Cassian are like close but that's pretty like we don't know a ton about their relationship prior to Rogue One um and I think that like it could have always been a thing of like oh they just met working in the rebellion and then they like got close whatever like something like that but the fact that they both like met each other in this prison and like broke out together and then are gonna stick with each other like literally up until they die um and the line that Cassian says to him that was like whatever happens next 
we made it and I was like bro you can't say things like that when I know that you guys are literally gonna die on <laughs> together <laughs> like you cannot do it um and my other thought about them is that they are boyfriends and should kiss anyway I I don't know how I knew that you were gonna say that but I was like I'm waiting for the and their boyfriends and they should kiss they are boyfriends and they should kiss that's so funny. I have something to say, but I think I'll wait till we talk about the rest of the episode. Maybe okay. I'll remember. Maybe not. I'm not really good at this. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to think of other things I have to say about the just the whole scene where Kino's giving his speech and like they're all escaping and like the music and the cinematography and obviously the acting, like literally everything was just so good. I was like having such a great time watching it in terms of like it actually making me feel strong emotions for these people like I like it's it was one of those moments where I was like so so invested in the show like when you have like those little moments of television where you're like oh my god I literally like can't think about anything else right now I'm just like so focused in on what's happening it was that whole moment where they were escaping and he was giving his speech was just like peak star wars like made me be like oh yeah i do like star wars like one of those moments where sometimes you're right. like okay yeah like i'm a star wars fan whatever but then you'll like watch something and you're like okay this no, is I, why. Fan. <laughs> um let's talk about mon mothma it's so dark for her i need her to get out. like i need her to get out this is i need she needs to leave she needs to leave also just the the way that like in that scene she was sitting like on the center of the sofa and then Tay was on one side and then whatever the dude that I hate is on the other side uh-huh. it was so much it was really a lot for me also Tay, show- bro I love you the way that like as soon as I think Davo or whatever his name was was like maybe our children should get married Mon Mothma was like and then Tay was like uh oh, and I was like, so true, King. Like, I know that you also hate all these stupid and traditions, which I keep being like, I, at the beginning of the series, I was like, I hope that we learn more about Chandrilla and its people and its traditions in this show. And now I'm like, maybe I didn't need to know. Maybe I didn't need to know that they're literally marrying their children off at like age 14. I think, I think that scene in particular, when... There's lots of things going on with money. Um, I'm not a, I'm not the best at discerning how money is involved in the empire. I know and and in the rebellion, I know it is. I just don't understand money as a concept. I guess so. It's kind of lost on me. I didn't. I don't know why she needs money, but I'm assuming it's something to do with like moving people around. I think uh, so. From what I, I'm also the same way. Like. That entire scene, they were talking, and I was like, I don't understand a word that's being said. Yeah. Now I'm gonna be honest, but I think so. Obviously, the reason Tay is involved is because they set up this like chair, like fake charity, as like a right. front for like giving money to the rebellion. And so she gave these, I think it's like four hundred thousand credits to the rebellion, and now they're like missing from her accounts. And he's like, if they like go through these, which they probably will, they're gonna be like why is this money missing so she needs to like get the money from her personal money because she's from like a wealthy family and like 
I don't something she just needs the money to cover up money that they took out to give to the rebellion is from my understanding and this horrible man is like a banker and can get her the money (laughs) (laughs) no it was so bad I was watching that whole conversation and I was like what 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 do you what what is I just don't I just from I think that something that could be explained a little bit better is this connection between Mon Mothma and Luthen because what I'm assuming at this point is that she's giving him all the money so that he can like outsource it to different rebel cells but what does she think is happening like she was so surprised by Aldani when when that whole thing happened a few episodes ago and I was like what did you think your money like what do you think your money is going to you know yeah just know I, I mean Luthen's obviously like a middleman like in terms of the stuff he was doing with like Bix and Cassian and like selling stolen imperial goods but I think that literally she's like I'm not gonna ask what you're doing and you're not gonna tell me and we're gonna like leave it at that um mm-hmm. But yeah, it's so complicated. I'm like, this is the stuff that I was like, oh, I really want this out of the series, like the complex, like inner workings of the rebellion. But then as soon as money is involved, I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? (laughs) Before we move on from this scene, I am obsessed with motherhood, especially in Star Wars, because we don't get it very often. Um, But mostly I think that this like very strained relationship that Mon Mothma has with her daughter is so I don't know as a daughter it's just something interesting to like watch because it, obviously when my, one of my favorite lines this whole episode was when this guy Davo or whatever his name is was like marry have your daughter marry my son and she's like get out like leave please we're not doing that and he goes like, oh, think about it. And he goes, she's like, oh, I'm not thinking about it. And he's like, that's the first lie you've told me today. Oh my God. Because it's really, it's really, it's upsetting. It is um, because just like, you know, you know, she is contemplating it because she at this point is, is really in it with the rebellion and wants to see the empire fall. And I don't know how far she's willing to go with that, which is scary um, and also, you know, admirable. Um, she's literally the reason why the rebellion succeeded. She's one of the main uh, participants in the rebellion. And I think that this show is really about the nitty gritty gory details of how dark it needs to get before it gets better um which is something that I was actually talking about yesterday um with Camilla um at Camilla Cecile on Twitter we were talking about why the show is called Andor um and not Cassie and Andor like how the Kenobi show was Obi-Wan Kenobi and I was like, oh, it could just be like how it sounds, whatever. But it also, I think that this show, because it's not really focusing on Cassian. He's definitely the main character, 
but there are so many other characters in the show that have just as deep storylines as he does um which is great you want like a, a larger cast especially in a show about war and rebellion um because you're getting multiple perspectives on things right and you want that's how you're going to tell a fully well-rounded story however I feel like this this show in particular is coming is coming coming at an angle where we're seeing what Cassian Andor is as a symbol in the rebellion how he has affected the lives of other people because if you think about all the characters in this show they are all doing absolutely everything in their power to serve the rebellion and to get rid of the empire people are dying people are getting injured people are contemplating selling their daughters into marriage like it's it's really dark out here um but that is what we were first introduced to Cassian's character as in Rogue One is someone who will do anything for the rebellion including compromising their morals um like that's just not something that and uh, most people in the show care about they have no problem killing people stealing things doing quote-unquote morally wrong things in order for the greater good and i think that why that's why it's called andor we're talking about andor as a symbol and this speech at the end by luthan is kind of what solidifies that for me because it's really really just it hits so hard um, about what we've been talking about every single episode about how who this show is about why it's taking place right now who it's for um yeah that that speech at the end chills literal chills yeah i have a i have a few things to say about mon mothma but then yeah we have to talk about luthan's speech at the end because like my god my jaw was on the floor um what was i gonna say i have i have so many thoughts about her i'm trying to like turn them into words um i think yeah i think absolutely what you're saying is like she she kind of has to think about it because at this point it's it's a matter of like the rebellion literally needs her like the money has to come from somewhere the reality is that it takes a lot of money to do these things um like you can there are acts of rebellion that can happen with like just with people with basically nothing but like the reality is to form what the rebel alliance ends up being you need money and you need resources and she is one of the few people supporting the cause that is able to provide that um but it's also like if they find if the emperor finds out that she's been funneling money to the rebellion they're gonna kill her and probably her entire family and like that is that's kind of the i keep tying her story here back to leia princess of alderaan but it's so true like that's kind of the big thing that is going on in that novel and what bale and brea were grappling with which is that like we have to do everything we can for this rebellion for like our planet and just for the people of the galaxy in general but like everything that we do has consequences not just for us but for our family and for our daughter and um obviously like leia ends up getting involved in the rebellion and they're originally very like don't want her to do that and we know that it literally ends up with her getting captured and tortured by the empire for information and and that's oh my god 
not to plug from a certain point of view because I feel like I do that a lot but the eclipse story about it's from Brea's perspective it's about Brea and Bail Organa like literally in the last moments of their life and about how like they received word that like Leia's ship was destroyed and that she was either killed or captured um and it's just like like the it's the same for Mon Mothma like she's literally risking not just her own life but the lives the lives of her family members which like Perrin sorry I couldn't care less but her daughter like and it's also a matter of like she it it's like she's being forced to kind of sacrifice her relationship with her daughter in order to serve the rebellion like we we've seen the two of them like not getting along and Leah thinking that she's not really there for her that she's prioritizing politics all the time and like just wants her to come to parties and stuff like for show and it's being sort of presented to her as like my dad is the one who's always on my side and you're always the one who's like telling me no and not letting me do what I want and using me as like a just being like oh look here's my beautiful daughter like here she is at this dinner party like here she is supporting me politically like stuff like that and so I think that it's it's coming down to like Mon Mama's family is being endangered no matter what she does now like she's already put herself in that position she's already been helping the rebellion and so it's a question of like in no way does she approve of the Chandrillon tradition of like marrying them at age 14 and she obviously doesn't want that for her daughter because that's what happened to her and we know what her marriage with Perrin is like we know how awful it is for her and she would never want that for her own daughter but like the reality is they need that money to cover up what they've been doing so that they can one keep funding the rebellion and two not literally be captured or tortured or killed um and so yeah him saying this like that's the first untrue thing you said but for him like he doesn't even know how important this money is presenting it to him is basically like oh we're running this like charitable foundation but like you know like I want access to my family's money I need this money blah 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 but like he doesn't know that it's literally a matter of life or death like if they get this money or not um so I'm very interested to see how that like plays out also just the like physical discomfort in her body when he suggests that to her like he they walk out of the room and she's like physically shuddering yeah it's a, she's having a trauma response <laughs> really dark and I was just like girl I feel for you so much in this moment because like we know that you've literally been in this marriage since you were 16 years old and it's been literal hell for you and like the fact yeah. that she is in a position where she's forced to consider the possibility of doing that to her own daughter like it's really dark and it's really heavy um, and it's hard to watch and it's like it again it goes back to what you're saying about what Luzin's saying at the end is like we're all doing terrible things and he, he basically has a line that's like something along the lines of like I'm already like damned for what I've done man I was like oh my god are we being serious right now like it's so it's just true like it's literally just true and I think that this show in so many ways is kind of confronting its audience with that like the rebellion isn't the rebellion isn't all just like hopping in a ship and blowing up the Death Star and like celebrating with your friends and getting a medal. Right. It's doing terrible things. And that's what like like we hear Luthen at the end being like, yeah, we're gonna let Anto Krieger's men 
go on this raid and all get killed for this one guy to remain a spy because quite simply we need that intel and he literally tells him like I know you have a family I know you have a daughter now but we need you like plain and simple and that's what his whole like thing is this guy whose name I'm forgetting this redheaded spy guy (laughs) um it's like, does my, doesn't my sacrifice mean anything to you? And Luthen's like, his whole thing is basically like, we're all making sacrifices. Every right. single person involved in this rebellion is making sacrifices of their morals or their family or their freedom or literally any number of things for an end result that most of them will probably never see or probably never get to experience. Which again, with a show that's about Cassian Andor, a person who literally compromises all of his morals and does terrible things for the rebellion only to die before he gets to see the eventual success of what they've created is like the theme of Rogue One. And it's yeah, exactly. this show, even though we're not there yet, like even though we're still in the early stages of it, all of these people are preparing themselves for the possibility that they might not get to see if or when the rebellion succeeds. And most of them probably won't because like, we don't know the fates of every school character in this show yet, but Judging based on the fact that they're not around after this, I'm going to make an educated guess that most of them are not going to live. And that's just how it is, to be quite honest. It's just, yeah. If you if you like a character who's a part of the rebellion, sorry. <laughs> sorry. They're probably not going to live. But um, no, I think that's something, uh, in completely agree with all that. And in addition, I think something the show is doing really well is yes showing us how how dark these characters are willing to go um in order for the rebellion but also no matter how awful these people ever act these rebels ever act they will still be better than the imperials um and i think that the show's doing a very very good job at not glorifying uh fascism could not be all star wars projects uh could not so i i do think especially with this whole dedra thing um her character is just genius like for them to write into the show um but we talked about her a lot last week so uh but still her the isb getting it getting this like very introspective um view on the isb it's something that if you don't read books and comics, it's probably a bit of a shock. I wouldn't know, though. I read a lot of books and comics. It could not be me, um, I can imagine. No, I mean, like, it, I read the Thrawn trilogy. Like, <laughs> the ISB, it's not, it's not news. It's not news that they're really bad. But yeah, I think the show's doing a really good job of, like, showing us that, yes, it takes it takes bad things it takes a sacrifice of morals um and of everything else to not let a fascist regime win i just think that's a really good they're doing it really well like as we said earlier in this episode the show is doing what it's doing without telling you straight to your face but it's so obvious and the room for interpretation is very little I could literally spend like a full hour dissecting like Lucan's monologue from the end and every single line and like everything to do with it. But 
one of the there were a couple that really stuck out to me one of them being the one about like being forced to use the tools of your enemy to defeat them <sighs> bro first of all Luthen, i'm like i'm literally obsessed with him because i feel like we know like next to nothing about him and everything that he says i'm just like please tell me everything about you right now um and also because he started talking and i was like he's been saving this speech like i i literally know it he's been waiting to use this one <laughs> but no that line i was just like because that's where like the nuances and that's why people are like if the rebellion does like x y or z how are they any better than the empire and it's like right. because the empire is a fascist regime and yeah. and they are fighting against that and like yes bad things are happening they're having to do a lot of bad things but they wouldn't have because spoiler alert they win the rebellion wins sorry i watched the original trilogy but that's what, what? happens i know sorry guys spoilers for return of the jedi um i haven't watched that one yet and i'm like do you think that they would have won if these things hadn't happened if they were all like we're just we're not gonna hurt anyone we're not gonna do anything like we're just gonna win by like being perfect and doing nothing wrong because it's not gonna happen like that's just the reality is like these things are literally necessary to the rebellion's victory and i think yeah like we've talked before about how like like love the original trilogy but they don't really get into like the quote-unquote like darker side of the rebellion and so it sort of was just like oh yay look at the rebels go like it's so great and they're such heroes and like yes they are heroes but not because they like jump in their x-wings and shoot tie fighters right it's because of all the work that is happening by people like luthan and mm-hmm. on mothma and saw Gerrera and cassian andor like those people who are doing things that they would really rather not be doing like they don't want to be doing those things i think that's the important thing to know and it's what like a lot of people misunderstand about especially like saw Gerrera's character because he's been around longer and like people love to not understand his character at all and give him no nuance whatsoever he doesn't want to be doing this he doesn't want to be like doing terrible things to fight the empire but someone has to do them mm-hmm. and that's just that like period um and yeah i think that luthan's kind of falling into the same boat of like i don't want to be doing any of this i would rather have like a family and not have to do all like the the quote unquote dirty work for the rebellion but i'm capable of doing it and i'm willing to make the sacrifice that it and like the toll that it takes on my own mental health literally to do all these things i'm willing to do that if it means that someday someone might succeed and the empire might fall right and i think kind of going back to the this idea of what the original trilogy trilogy oh my god the original trilogy's message was was the original trilogy love it so much a new hope such a classic so nostalgic such a good fun time um however what we follow luke skywalker who's this like 19 year old boy who's just kind of like i'm gonna go on this little adventure because i have nothing left on tatooine and then like gets in an x-wing and blows up the death star it's very camp 
it's very camp. It's very light and airy and fun. And that's fine. And that's completely fine. We love it for that. But if you continue with the franchise and make it as as large as this one is now, and also have it continue where in a world of like our world, where the situations politically, economically, things are really bad, you know, you can't just ignore that you you have to have context when you're telling a story um in the context of this story is hey we need to make sure we're fighting fascism in real life too shocker um but yeah i think a lot of people talk about writing in the show because the writing's fantastic it is but i think it's not just these like little lines right like the speech that's great that's great but that is just dialogue um writing also includes like character and context and when you are lacking those things you're not going to have a good story overall and so why this show is so important and stories like this in are so important in star wars especially is because we started out this franchise with three movies that were very like happy-go-lucky um, and campy and fun. Oh, but like who's actually fighting fascism in real life, in our world? It's not the 19-year-old white boy. It's really not. Sorry. Sorry. It had to be said. Um, and so, you know, getting a story like this is really important and puts things into perspective. Anyway, final thoughts on Wednesday's indoor episode. It's late. I it's feel like I've said at least like four times, like this was my favorite episode, but I think this one actually is so far. I said that about episode six too, which was really good. And I did love it a lot, but I think this one. This one's my favorite for sure. It literally, cause it literally had the scene where they're breaking out of the prison and I was like, oh my God, this is like my favorite scene in the show, like might become one of my favorite Star Wars scenes ever. Mm-hmm. And then like 10 minutes later, that scene with Luthen, and I was like, maybe this might become my favorite Star Wars scene ever. Like literally like not even 10 minutes later, I was like, oh my God, I'm contradicting myself already because it was just so good. And it's also like so cohesive. I think that the show's been doing a really good job of weaving the different stories of the different characters together. Um, because there's obviously like a lot going on. There's a lot of pretty major characters, but I think this episode in particular just did such a good job. Like everything happening, even though it was happening, like some of it was happening in an apartment on Coruscant. Some of it was happening in a prison on Nurkina five, like totally different places, totally different people, but it all connects together in, in ways that are like, subtle but also obvious like it's not like they're like shoving it in your face being like here's how these two things are related but like anyone paying attention can see how these storylines are related and to culminate it all in this sort of speech about like the sacrifices that people make for their for their rebellion is like the little bow on top being like here's how this all wraps up um and I literally cannot wait to see how this season is gonna end I'm excited to see how the season is going to end, but because I know we're getting a second season, 
they're gonna end it on such a cliffhanger it's gonna be so bad cliffhangers so much me too and then i'm gonna like slowly lose my mind for the next like two years until we get the next season in between we'll have some stuff i mean Nanda might be good although i did say that if Bo-Katan gets killed off in season three that I'll like yeah. never support Star Wars again so, yeah. so I'll add Andor season two to my list of exceptions my okay. really short list which is like the High Republic and like <laughs> but I I tweeted that I was like I'm never like supporting Star Wars again if Bo-Katan gets killed off then with like an asterisk that was like except the High Republic and then Ethan Sachs responded and was like I, hey, <laughs> I saw that. That's so funny. funny. I was like, of course, Bessie. He literally was like, you're not that attached to Zuckus, though, are you? And I was like, no, go ahead. I literally could not care less about him. And then all the Zuckus fans were like, Claire. And I was like, guys, I'm making trades. I'm making deals. Final thoughts about Andor. It was really good. Can't wait for the last two episodes, but it's kind of makes me sad that there are only two more episodes in this season. That went by really fast. No, I was like, oh, 12 episodes. That's such a longer season. I can't wait. And now I'm like, we only have two more. I guess we did get the first three at once. It's not been 10 weeks. Yeah, It's been like seven, six. Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions. You can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode.